and welcome back to Shoes Miss on Tap, the podcast where we talk about what's going on in the world of pensions. Admittedly, it's been a little while since we've done it though. Not to worry, we're going to be back in full swing in 2023 with plenty of new episodes, maybe a few guests here and there and generally lots to talk about, since as we all know, the pensions industry never fails to keep us busy. In the meantime though, we thought it might be a good idea to introduce you to the pensions team here at Shoesmiths, since they're the people who are going to be working hard on and off mic to deliver some really interesting content for you next year. But this wouldn't really be a pensions podcast if we didn't talk a little bit about pensions as well. So as well as introducing themselves, I'm going to ask everyone for their predictions on hot topics in pensions in 2023. That is aside from pensions dashboards, which we've all agreed off mic that is going to keep us all pretty busy for the foreseeable. You'll hear some familiar voices to the podcast, but for most of us, this is our first podcast recording today. So I won't be cruel and make somebody else go first. I'll kick things off myself. So let's get to it. I'm Kim Budima. I'm a professional support lawyer in the pensions team. I've got a background in pensions litigation, so it's perhaps unsurprising that my prediction for 2023 has got a bit of a contentious tinge to it. I think we're going to see an increase in the number of member complaints originating from claims management companies, a little bit like we saw early in the COVID pandemic, as the cost of living crisis hits and members start to look more closely at their pensions and maybe get a little bit of remorse about some of their earlier decisions. That's my prediction. I'm going to hand straight over to David. Hello, I'm David Thompson and I'm head of the Shoesmiths Pensions team. My prediction for 2023 actually relates to forfeiture clauses. Probably, you might think, one of the dullest aspects of occupational pension schemes. Most schemes have them. They sit in the back of your rules and they say that if a member doesn't claim a benefit within six years of becoming entitled to the pension then the benefit is forfeited. For many years, these clauses have been unfashionable and barely used. However, that has all changed. In the last year or two, we've seen two or three court cases which have highlighted the importance of these clauses. They've been thrown into particular focus by the fact that many final salary schemes are now in the process of equalising and rectifying their GMP liabilities. They've also been other rectification exercises, of which I've seen a couple in the last year, where trustees are trying to sort out administration errors. You may think it's a matter of fairness to members that if they haven't received the benefit to which they're entitled because of the fault of the scheme itself, that it's only fair that they should receive the full pension. In fact, that's not what the courts have been saying. They've interpreted these clauses quite strictly. So, My prediction for 2023 is that we may see more litigation in the area of forfeiture clauses. We would certainly expect our trustee clients to check their forfeiture clause to establish whether they have a discretion to exercise it or whether it applies automatically. And I think inevitably we will see complaints from members to the pensions ombudsman claiming that they've been treated unfairly. Brilliant. Thanks, David. Over to you, Heather. Thank you, Kim. I'm Heather Chandler and I'm a partner in the pensions team. My prediction for next year relates to the market volatility that happened at the end of this year, um, relating to some very questionable economic decisions that were made that caused quite a lot of upset and concern in relation to LDI. Um, LDI, for those of you who don't know, stands for Liability Driven Investments. I expect that there will be more guidance from the pensions regulator in this area. There has been some already, but I do think that they will dig deeper 
and give some more direction to trustees around what is expected. Trustees particularly will be focusing on stress testing their investment arrangements, particularly LDI arrangements, looking at emergency contacts and action plans to make sure that they are shock ready. Decisions will also be made on acceptable solutions. So if things go wrong, what will the solutions be and what options will the trustees be willing to put in place? Linked to this, I expect that investment manager agreements when they come up for review will be edited to include some specific details around this area. And my final prediction relates to Kim's area, which is litigation. I think there will be some LDIL, which stands for Liability Driven Investment Litigation. I think you might be right there, Heather. Um, I'm going to move on to Paul. I am Paul Carney. I'm a partner in the pensions team. Uh, generally speaking, the safest way to make a prediction is to think of something that's already happening and to predict that it'll continue to happen, particularly since the recent increase in interest rates has been a noticeable move by scheme employees and trustees to consider buying out scheme benefits. And by this, I mean that the trustees decide to transfer the whole of the scheme's assets and obligations to an insurance company, which then assumes the responsibility for paying uh, members' benefits. So my prediction for 2023 is that we will continue to see an increase in the number of pension schemes which decide or decide earlier than they might otherwise have done to transfer the scheme's assets and liabilities to an insurance company. This view is supported by consultants such as Mercer and Hyman's Robertson. Uh, Mercer has estimated that the value of the buyout market is about 30 billion measured over the past few years, which is up from about half of that between 2013 and 2017. Hyman's Robertson has indicated that the current pricing being put forward by insurance companies could, in their words, accelerate endgame planning for those schemes which had thought buyout was a long way off. So, knowing that this is already happening, I can feel pretty safe when I predict it for 2023. Brilliant. Thanks, Paul. And now over to Susie. Thanks, Kim. I'm Susie Burrell. I'm a partner here in the pensions team. Paul's been talking about his predictions about buyouts in 2023, and it's certainly something that's seen me busy during 2022. I've been busy supporting trustee clients on a range of different buy-in projects. Some of these have been prompted by corporate reorganisations and asset disposals. Others have come about after a realisation that the scheme funding position has greatly improved and sometimes schemes are finding themselves in surplus. The PPF 7800 index registered an aggregate surplus increase across pension schemes from 250 billion at the end of July this year to over 300 billion at the end of August. According to their stats, there were around 1,100 schemes in deficit and 4,000 schemes in surplus. This improvement has in part been driven by rising gilt yields and falls in liability values. Improved funding positions is, of course, a good news story for schemes, but it does bring its own set of challenges. What we will find in 2023 is that improved funding is likely to lead to accelerated buyout timescales. We also think that funding discussions may be easier as a consequence, but there may also need to be some need for dialogue between trustees and employers and some compromises over short-term positions and longer-term objectives. 
employers will be keen to mitigate the risk of surplus building up in the first place. Something that we're already beginning to see is an increased use of escrow arrangements to manage pension scheme funding. Finally, in the current inflationary environment, a scheme in surplus may find that it's under pressure from pensioners in respect of discretionary increases. Interesting. Thanks, Susie. Uh, I'm going to hand over to Jonathan now. Thank you, Kim. Hi, I'm Jonathan Phillips. I'm an associate in Shoesmith's pensions team. Uh, For me, next year is going to bring some possible changes to auto-enrolment. You may know it's it's been 10 years since auto-enrolment was introduced and over 10 million people have been automatically enrolled. One of the questions we need to ask is, are people going to stay auto-enrolled? With the cost of living crisis, people might choose to opt out more to maximise their take-home earnings. This will raise more issues for employers as they try to keep track of who's enrolled and who's not and making sure they're correctly enrolled. There's also a private member's bill in the House of Commons, which is looking to introduce some of the changes that the government promised in 2017 to introduce middle of this decade, such as changing the minimum auto-enrolment age and changing the, the scope of qualifying earnings so that contributions are made down to the first pound. Whether this will come into play this year, who knows, particularly with the cost of living crisis, because the people arguably would be most likely to benefit from contributing extra into their pensions now are likely to be those that are more impacted by the cost of living crisis and would feel any additional strain on their earnings. So for me, this is this is something to watch. Really interesting. Thanks, Jonathan. Um, I'm going to hand over to Sarah. Thanks, Kim. Hi, my name's Sarah Jenkins and I'm a Principal Associate in the Pensions Team. My hot topic for 2023 is actually the same topic which has kept me busy for most of 2022 and that's GMP equalisation. We're now a couple of years down the track from Lloyd's and the first batch of schemes have worked their way through GMP equalisation projects, but there are many more out there that haven't yet dipped their toes in the water. I think as the buyout market becomes more and more active, we're likely to see more schemes having to bite the bullet and tackle GMP equalisation. And of course, there'll be other schemes where trustees have been waiting for their service providers to develop a more streamlined and efficient process for projects who I think will start kicking things off during the course of the year. I think there's also been a particular reluctance for schemes to dive into GMP conversion because of the various challenges this creates, not least with regards to tax. And so hopefully we'll see more collaboration within the pensions industry and maybe even some legislation, if we're lucky, to assist us in making conversion a more user-friendly option for schemes. And finally, of course, speaking of legislation, While the GMP Conversion Act received royal assent in April last year, it hasn't actually come into force yet. So hopefully we might see some regulations during the course of next year that will make that happen. Brilliant. Thanks. Okay, Hannah, you're up. Thanks, Kim. Hi, I'm Hannah Farley. I'm a senior associate in the pensions team. In terms of hot topics for next year, with the pensions regulator expecting to issue its single code by the end of the year or the beginning of next year, a big question still remains over what the code will say about the new effective systems of governance and own risk assessment requirements. Once we know what these requirements are, schemes will need to be looking at their compliance, carrying out a gap analysis, which may already be underway, and where they're not compliant, putting in place and implementing a plan of how to get there. That's great. Thanks, Hannah. Over to Tracy. Hi, I'm Tracy Hemingway, partner in the pensions team. 
And this year's certainly kept me very busy with a wide range of different pensions work, but in particular, a lot of GMP equalisation and conversion work for clients, which Sarah's already mentioned, and that will definitely continue into next year. But for next year, I'm also anticipating more schemes to focus on consolidation. For example, the bulk transfer of defined contribution schemes or sections into master trusts. Once these projects are completed, it does take away the management time and costs associated with running your own trust-based scheme. So it is an attractive option for some clients. Thanks, Tracy. Last but by no means least, here's Lynette. Thanks very much, Kim. Hello, my name is Lynette Lewis and I'm a partner in the Shoesmith Pensions team. So what have I been doing in 2022? Well, lots of interesting stuff and sort of talking about something that Susie uh, referred to earlier in connection with corporate restructurings. I did two, frankly, really interesting deals earlier this year, which ended up being win-win for both trustees and employers. So we've got great experience on that side. And if anybody wants to talk to me in more detail about that experience and how it might be able to help them, please do give me a shout. But what about 2023? Well, I'm going to go slightly off piste. I'm not going to talk about predictions. I'm going to talk about my wish list. And in this instance, my wish list is for greater clarity for employers in particular. We've had hanging around for some time now some draft regulations around notifiable events, and they still haven't actually come into law and been finalised. And I think that gives some risk for some employers who are either thinking of selling some business and assets and not quite clear about you know, what that means in terms of notifying and what that means in terms of the timing in particular of that notification and the need in some instances to breach effectively their confidentiality in order to tell both trustees and the pensions regulator about what they may or may not end up doing but are, is so there is a proposal for them. So it'd be really good for them, I think, if we could get some clarity um, on that uh, particular topic. So on that vein, um, another issue that I think is relevant for employers, but more on a business as usual situation, and that's the proposal for a new notifiable event where employers would need to tell both the pensions regulator and trustees about the proposal to enter into new or the extension of security, which would rank in priority to the trustees and the pension schemes that they may operate. Although there are some carve outs under the proposed legislation, it's not abundantly clear whether some what could frankly be immaterial security needs to be notified to the regulator. And that just causes more difficulty for finance directors who may well find themselves in a much more stretched situation next year. You know, we're all anticipating a recession and they're going to have enough on their plates. So if we could please have that legislation, DWP, so that we can understand where we're going, I think that would be great for for both lawyers and for all of our clients. Brilliant. Thanks, everyone. Some really insightful predictions there. I suppose we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Maybe we'll revisit some of these predictions in a later episode once 2023 starts to unfold. That's all from us today. But remember, if you want to find out more about the pensions team 
and the work we do, please visit us at www.shoesmiths.co.uk slash expertise slash services slash pensions. And if you've got any questions for us, please send them to pensionspsl at shoesmiths.co.uk. Until next time, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from all of us. Mm-hmm.